Thank you for joining LTC DON Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Directors of Nursing Services, AADNS. I'm your host today, Rebecca, and I'm here with a PACN Vice President of Curriculum Development, Amy Stewart, to discuss communication during a time of crisis. Welcome, Amy. Thank you, Rebecca. These are difficult times, and I want to start by saying thank you to all the caregivers who selflessly care for the residents every day. You are the healthcare heroes. Despite these hard times, I am touched to see the good works of the communities through the various social media posts you share. Thank you, Amy. I couldn't agree more. Let's start off today's podcast with our first question. Can you share why communication is so important during a crisis? Sure, Rebecca. During times of uncertainty, staff, residents, and families will be looking to nurse leaders for communication regarding how the crisis is being managed. It is important that we communicate this in a manner that is transparent and credible. While an organization may have a designated media or communication team that speaks to news outlets, nurse leaders are going to be receiving questions from staff, residents, and family members, and therefore they need to give thought to the message they are communicating. Without communication to those impacted, fear is heightened and wrong information can spread quickly. When communication is early, open, and accurate, individuals will feel less anxiety about the situation. I'd like to share some principles of crisis communication from the CDC, some best practices, and some tips regarding what to avoid during these conversations. It sounds like the nurse leader's role in crisis communication is very important. So for the nurse leader, what are some principles of communication in times of crisis that they can follow? Great question, Rebecca. I think we've all heard as leaders that we should model the behavior we want to see. During times of crisis, this can be more difficult because we are also afraid or worried about what will happen. Despite being afraid, we need to let others know what is going on. To help illustrate how to do this, I'd like to share the CDC's six principles of crisis communication and provide some examples for our listeners. Number one. Be first. Crises are time sensitive. Communicating information quickly is crucial. For example, staff should hear from nurse leaders about positive cases of COVID-19 in the facility and not from other staff through the gossip chain. Number two, be right. Accuracy establishes credibility. Tell people what you know, when you know it, and tell them what information is not available yet and what you're doing to get the additional information. As an example, if staff are concerned about possible staff shortages due to coworkers with symptoms, share what you know. Be transparent about what you don't know and share how you are preparing for this possibility. Number three, be credible. Honesty and truthfulness should not be compromised during crises. For example, if there is uncertainty about whether or not your facility has adequate personal protection equipment, this information should be communicated truthfully. If it isn't, rumors can spread which can be more damaging than hard truths. Number four, express empathy. Crises create harm and the suffering should be acknowledged in words. Address what people are feeling and the challenges they face. This builds trust and rapport. Staff might have a wide range of fears and feelings. 
For example, many staff will be conflicted between coming to work and the risk of bringing COVID-19 home to their family. This fear should be acknowledged. Responses need to be empathetic and understanding of their real concern for their family and not done in a threatening manner, such as mentioning they could lose their license if they leave. Number five, promote action. Giving people meaningful things to do calms anxiety, helps restore order, and promotes some sense of control. This should be done by encouraging staff to do activities for residents or allowing residents to assist in making homemade masks. And then finally, number six, show respect. Respectful communication is particularly important when people feel vulnerable. Respectful communication promotes cooperation and rapport. Treat people the same way you would like to be treated if you were in their position. Those are very helpful principles. Thank you, Amy. Is there anything else nurse leaders should consider when communicating during a crisis? Yes, there are a couple of best practices to consider when communicating during a crisis. First, when formulating your messages, consider how people feel during a crisis. According to the CDC, the psychological barriers people feel include denial, fear, anxiety, confusion, dread, hopelessness, or helplessness, but seldom do they panic. Secondly, present messages that counteract these psychological barriers. Start by doing the following. Acknowledge people's fears and uncertainty. Express the wish to have answers by simply stating, I wish I had answers. Don't over reassure. Explain the process in place to find answers. For example, using the CDC's COVID-19 resources to help fight the spread of the virus. Promote action by asking more of people. For example, asking staff to conserve personal protection equipment and explaining why this will be helpful if we all do our part. When the news is good, state continued concern before stating reassuring updates. Thank you, Amy. Those are some great practices to follow to address the staff's feelings during a crisis. Listeners, please stay tuned when we take a quick commercial break. The APACAN Conference will now be hosted as a virtual event June 3rd through 5th and will feature the same great content and expert speakers as originally planned for with the in-person conference. All attendees will receive recordings of the full conference. This means you'll be able to hear every session and earn more than 35 continuing education credits. Registration opens in early May. Learn more today at apacken.org. Welcome back. Let's continue our discussion with Amy Stewart, Vice President of Curriculum Development for APACN, about crisis communication. Amy, is there anything nurse leaders should avoid when communicating during a crisis? That is a great question, Rebecca. When we are communicating with others about the crisis situation, we need to avoid humor, speculation, and condescension. Always use plain, simple language, stick to the main points of what you're saying, and address rumors and myths in real time to limit spread of misinformation. That's great advice, Amy. It's important for the nurse leader to be seen as a resource for facts and truth and never to give any cause for doubt. 
Now, I've heard that these conversations are difficult. What can nurse leaders do to help prepare for these conversations? Candid conversations with staff, residents, and families during a crisis can be difficult, but you don't have to be caught off guard. Here are a few practical tips you can use to prepare for these conversations to help them go more smoothly. Number one, acknowledge that you may have to tell staff, residents, and families information that they don't want to hear or that they would find disconcerting. Number two, recognize what information you know and what you don't. Number three, be mindful of your word choices. Number four, consider all possible conversations and practice your responses. Write them out on a piece of paper and discuss with managers of other departments on how they would handle similar questions. Number five, be honest and empathetic. Number six, Explain the reasoning behind certain restrictions or protocols that have to be in place at this time. And lastly, number seven, offer alternatives and solutions whenever possible. Those are some great tips, Amy. Could you share a few example scenarios of these types of difficult conversations nurse leaders may need to have? Sure thing, Rebecca. For the first scenario, consider having to tell a family member who is demanding their loved one be transferred to the hospital that the hospital cannot accept any more patients. Explain the situation honestly and with empathy. Tell them that since the COVID-19 outbreak started, the hospital is trying to reserve their beds for the most critically ill patients and has special rules about who they are able to admit during times like this, and that their family member currently does not meet these requirements. Let them know you understand their frustration and then share alternatives for what you can do for their loved one at the facility. Another scenario that you may face is from an employee who informs you that they cannot work because their family is scared they will get sick. Start by acknowledging their fear and sharing that you have concerns about getting sick as well. Don't promise that they won't get sick. You can't make those guarantees. You can tell them what you are doing to ensure they remain safe. If possible, offer to place them on a unit without cases, but also be honest and share that cases could spread to that unit. In some cases, they may still decide that the risk is too great and they part ways. If that happens, avoid threats. Other staff will be looking to see how you handle these situations. And finally, you may come across situations with residents who are upset because they cannot have visitors. Acknowledge that you wish things were different and that you could allow visitation. Tell them that letting visitors in means risking letting the virus into the facility. Explain that visitors are being restricted for the safety of the residents and staff, and then provide other options for visiting through technology. Thanks, Amy. Do you have any other suggestions you wanna share? One last thing, Rebecca. If you're feeling overwhelmed, take a few minutes for yourself. Practice self-care routinely. I know many of our listeners are saying, wait, I have no time for this, but you must. Self-care is imperative to getting you through these times. If you seem frazzled, frightened, and alarmed, others will pick up on that. Take a moment to take care of yourself so you can take better care of others. Thanks so much, Amy. This information is so helpful during this time of crisis. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. For more resources and tools for nurse leaders, 
please visit our website at www.aadns-ltc.org. For more updates on regulation requirements and changes, you can also follow Amy on Twitter at AMYS underscore AADNS and subscribe to the LTC DON Chat podcast. Thank you.